Greetings to each of you in the Master's name this evening. What a blessing to be able to identify with Christ and to have a service together like this that we identify publicly with Him and it strengthens our resolve to have that identity throughout the rest of our lives. So an ordinance is a monument that we set up and it gives living expression to spiritual realities. And we have the kiss of charity the, that we practice with feet washing, but also when we greet each other, when we gather together to worship. But it's emblematic of something that spreads far beyond just a greeting. Yes, it's an expression and a greeting. But it's a reminder. Just like these emblems that we partook of were a reminder of the death and suffering of Christ that is active in our lives and that we identify with Christ. So the kiss of charity is a reminder of our love for one another. But it's a reminder that our love should be actively living in other areas of our lives as well. And so we participate in these ordinances and they have meaning that goes deeper than the act itself. Another of the ordinances is feet washing. And it's emblematic of Christian service to one another. It was interesting to me that Jonathan talked this evening, spoke this evening about our identity with Christ or identifying with Christ through the communion service, through the blood, through the cup and the bread. I want to share similarly this evening about feet washing. In Luke 22, verse 13, it says this, So they went and found it just as He had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour had come, He sat down with the twelve apostles with Him. And He said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, that I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Jesus is expressing as He is moving towards this Passover supper, He's expressing that He has a fervent desire to engage in this Passover meal together with these 12 men who had been his companions for the last three years, had been his companions through, the ministry, through his ministry. Now I want to I give you that as, as a starting point to now move to John chapter 13. And to begin reading at verse 1, read from verse 1 through verse 17. And we're thinking about Jesus having this desire to have this meal with His disciples. 
Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Then he came then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet and taken their garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his Lord, than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So Jesus was entering, as he says this about his desire to partake of this supper with the disciples, with this Passover, he is recognizing that he is is doing this prior to his suffering. His hour had come, it says in verse 1. Jesus knew that his hour had come. And he was getting ready to go through a an horrific physical experience. And he knew that. He knew what he was going to suffer. But he was not focused on that. He was focused... on his love for his disciples and this time that he was going to spend with them and where he was going, his destination. In verse 2, it points out Judas' betrayal. And Jesus didn't allow this betrayal of this person who was close to him to stop him to keep him from engaging with his disciples in this very precious time of sharing together. And then verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, Jesus came to this meal He came to this Passover knowing that He had complete authority over everything. That He could do as however He needed to do. He had power over all things. But He did not feel it was necessary to demonstrate that control to His disciples. Now we're shifting to thinking about the acts that He does immediately following this and, and being a servant to His disciples in washing their feet. 
He did not feel that he needed to demonstrate his authority or his control because of what it says in the last part of this verse. He knew who he was and where he was going. So he had knowledge of authority. But the second thing I want you to notice is his identity and his destiny. He came from God and was going to God. Jesus didn't find his security in his power. He didn't find his security in his authority. He didn't find his security in his ability to lead. He found his security in the fact that he was from God. He was God's son. And he came from God and he went to God. And he had a destiny that would follow that he, where he was going. And because of that, because of that identity that he had in the Father, he could take up this humble task of being a servant. He knew his identity and his destiny perfectly. And in his actions, he didn't need to control the future. He didn't need to control his destiny. He knew those things were fixed. He was free to simply take up this task. To do what was needed. And to do what was needed at that moment was the task of a servant. And to demonstrate something to his disciples. Something valuable. Jesus was a servant leader. He knew that. He had told his disciples that the great in the kingdom of heaven was the servant, was the one who was a servant. And that's the way he led. And out of his identity as a servant leader came his actions. And he washed the disciples' feet. Now I want to go back to Luke 22 and switch from Jesus and his identity, his confidence in his identity and his destiny. I want to switch from that to the disciples. Picking up again in Luke 22, this is following the passage I read where Jesus says, with desire, I've desired to eat this, this Passover with you before I suffer. So this is right during the time when the disciples went to find the place for them to have the supper in the upper room. That this occurs in 22, Luke 22, verse 24. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, who is great among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as one who serves. And so we have right here leading up to this supper, this Passover time, we have the disciples disputing about which one of them is going to be the greatest. And, and that helps us to understand what Jesus says in verse 7 of John chapter 13. He goes to Peter 
And Peter said, are you, Lord, are you washing my feet? In verse 6, Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said, what I, Jesus said, and the King James says, What I do, you know not now. He's saying, Peter, you don't know what I'm doing. But you will know after this. You see, Jesus knew Jesus knew because He knew where He was from and He knew where He was going. He knew His true identity. And Peter did not yet know His true identity. And so Jesus said, you don't know what I'm doing, but you will know after this. Moving down in chapter 13 to verses 14 to 16. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor he, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. The implication here, what Jesus is saying here, what he's telling his disciples is that you are servants. I am the master and you are servants. Do you realize that? Do they know that? And he said, you call me Master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. But he was, he was illustrating to them that they were servants. And then he says, verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. King James says there, instead of blessed, says happy are you if you do them. So the thing I want us to catch here in verse 17 is that the blessedness, the happiness, the blessedness is doubly conditional in that verse. We often look at it and say, happy are ye if ye do them. That word if is a conditional word. Happy are ye if ye do them. And we do. The doing is part of the verse. And so it's conditional on that. But it's preconditional on the first part. If ye know these things. Now, the disciples knew that they were servants of Jesus, but they had not yet internalized their servanthood because they were still arguing about who would be the greatest. They had not internalized. They did not know servanthood. They did not have their identity as a servant fixed in their hearts. Jesus says, if you know these things, if you have that identity fixed in your heart, then blessed are you if you do them. The fulfillment of Christian service comes only through knowing your true identity. If we participate in Christian service without recognizing our identity as servants of God, as children of God, and as servants of one another, we will not fulfill what this ordinance is calling us to. And we will not find the blessedness of the ordinance, the deeper aspect, the spiritual reality that this ordinance is laying out in front of us. The fulfillment of Christian service only comes through knowing your true identity. Are you a servant of all those who are here tonight. 
We will be washing one another's feet. And we will be fulfilling an ordinance that is depicting our servanthood to those around us. And we don't know who we're going to be washing feet with. But are you a servant of all that are here tonight? Do you know your identity? Turn the time back over to Brother John.